Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. And this is the podcast where my sister and I talk about movies we grew up watching. On this episode, we talk about the big and the small. <laughs> we talk about the fantastical and the, fanta- and the fantasy as we discuss the movies Willow and Big. Yep. Putting these movies together was kind of funny. And maybe not funny. I don't know. But Nancy has never seen Willow. Correct. But we both saw Big many, many times. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm going to let Nancy kick us off talking about Big. My big little sister is going to talk about <laughs> Big. Well, there's many well, times. Wait, wait, do you pre- Do you prefer Big Little Sister or Little Big Sister? Actually, Little Big Sister is probably better. Yes. I think that's, yes, 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 yes. My little big sister, Nancy, is going to (laughs) start talking about big. So there's actually something a little more coincidental in pairing these two movies up in that they were released within a week of each other in 1988. They were both like Memorial Day weekend movies. And my movie, Big, did a lot better than Willow. Um, Apparently Crocodile Dundee came out that weekend, too. So there was a lot of competition. For, uh, they were movies. also they were also um, both directed by people connected to Happy Days. Yes, connected. Yes, the Happy Days connection is. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, Penny Marshall directed Big. Uh, Ron Howard directed Willow. Um, but anyways, um, Big is a pretty basic story. You know, there's soon to be thirteen year old. Josh Baskin, who lives in New Jersey with his parents and his little baby sister, he is just kind of tired of being on the small side. <laughs> he wants to get on a roller coaster. He doesn't in need height. The... Yes, yeah. He's <laughs> he wants to get on a roller coaster at a carnival. Doesn't meet the height requirement. Gets very embarrassed in front of a girl that he likes, and decides to go up to the little Zoltar machine and make a wish and. His wish is granted, and he grows into, wakes up the next morning, and is Tom Hanks. And, Matt, I have to tell you, I don't know if you remember, but, I mean, like, this was one of my favorite movies growing up. I probably watched, I was thinking about we it We saw early. it in the theater, right? I saw it in the theater. I don't remember if I you remember were seeing with me. It. I, re- I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah, definitely saw it in the theater. I may have seen it more than once in the theater. Um, I only saw it once. I don't remember going multiple times. It, but it, I do remember going to the theater. And it came it. out right when I finished sixth grade. So I was going to be going into seventh grade. That was that summer. And so I was kind of the same age as Josh Baskin. I was like maybe like a year or two younger. But this was definitely one of those feel-good movies that I remember putting on in the late 80s and throughout the 90s. I mean, I don't think I've rewatched it in at least 20 years. But it's so great. I mean, I almost remembered most of the lines kind of beat by beat, even though it's been so long. Um, So if it was a feel-good movie then, and you haven't watched it in 20 years, does that mean it's not as much of a feel-good movie, or it lost its its good feeling over time? Or did you just get, like, big burned out? Um, It was probably a combination of just there were other things to watch. Um, But... I was smiling ear to ear all day, all this like 
through the whole rewatch today. I, I was giggling a lot. I just, I just love this movie. And watching it now, really kind of being, I think we're older than Elizabeth Perkins' character, Susan, would have been, you know, the, uh, the, the toy marketing maven or whatever you want to call her. I think we're probably older than she was in that movie. Yes, but, I would say so. But to try to watch it as an adult and kind of see how crazy he'd sound trying to explain to another adult, um, I'm trapped, I'm a 13-year-old trapped in a grown-up body. Like, just how nuts that is. But uh, I love this movie. There's not really a single part of this movie that I don't like. It's makes me very happy. It's really fun. Tom Hanks is a genius in this movie. He's so, it's so great to see him be so silly. As, you know, of course, when we were kids, we loved him and Bosom Buddies, and then I love Splash, too, and he's very, very funny in that. I didn't get so much into, like, Turner and Hooch and The Burbs. I didn't get into some of those movies, but, I mean, I've always recognized how funny he is. Turner and Hooch needs to have a paw warning. Ooh. So I don't watch that movie anymore. Ooh. Needs well, a all, paw warning. That's also on Disney Plus. They were trying to recommend that to me today, and I was like, mm. They did after I watched Big. It was like, now watch Turner and Hooch. I was like, nope. Ooh. Not watching that one. Okay. Well, that's good to know, because. Not that it's a terrible movie, but it needs a paw warning. Just so people know. Yep. Well, yeah. So, I mean, this, this movie is kind of, it's just so fun it's really great it's really fun um luckily you know once he's able you know he's able to connect with his best friend who's also his neighbor pretty early in the movie after he's transformed and is able to convince him like he really is who he is you know they sing a little song that they always sing when they're riding their bikes and his buddy billy is able to really kind of be the brains of the operation and help him out because he's josh is very scared and very worried about what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to get through the next six weeks trapped in this grown up body? And yeah, they were, he really kind of centers him and is the only support he really has because probably one of the like interesting scenes in this movie is like when he wakes up and he's big and you know, he tries to explain to his mom, like, something has happened. Like, Mom, please help me. I'm, you know, something happened. And she immediately is like, who the hell are you? Stop breaking into my house. You're clearly an adult. And you what did you do my to kid. my son? Yeah. What did you do to my son? And um, very kind of dramatic. Well, it's Mercedes thing, rule. Of but... course it was dramatic. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, but... Uh, um, you know, I had, I had a, 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 I wouldn't say a problem. It's my personal problem rewatching this movie because I was constantly being interrupted oh. watching it because I was trying to watch it during the day instead yeah. of after hours. Yeah. So I had to like start and stop it a lot. So I couldn't really get in like a groove of the feelings watching this mm. movie. It was more just kind of like watching the events. Yeah. But, uh. I have fond memories of watching this movie. Watching this movie never really... Like, it was almost like... If you watch this movie... It didn't tell you... 
yeah, man, wouldn't it be great if you just instantly were an adult and got to do all the adult things you didn't get to do as a kid? And, of course, now watching it now, I'm sitting there like, no, go back. <laughs> go back to playing stickball and pining over teenage girls. Go yeah. back. But um, I never remembered, like, wanting to be big. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I, I think the ultimate fantasy of it is not only does he become big, but then he gets to work at a toy company. And he doesn't just get to work at a toy company doing data entry. He gets to be a VP of, like, creating toys. I mean, what yeah. what else could you ask for? I mean, especially because he loved toys. I mean, obviously, he was... He was a he was kid. 12 when, he he, was, when it first happened, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the way that he embraced it, and this is actually something that was really interesting watching it today, and I think it really comes out, it starts to come out in the scene where John Hurd is trying to present the building robot, you know, the robot that looks like yeah. the Empire State's building, and I don't Probably get one it. Probably one of the dumb, dumbest toy ideas ever. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I think what was really fun to put together now watching it all these years later is all of the grown-ups in the toy company were really grouchy and they were really just jaded and just not fun and playful except the owner and i think the yeah. owner saw such a light in josh because it was like duh if you're gonna work at a toy company you need to really be fun you need to really get into right the the whimsy of playing with toys otherwise you're not going to understand what a kid is going to like and i think that's that was really made that was a bigger impression made on me this viewing than any other just because it was like oh. wow these adults are really they're just hard you know they're just hard yeah, they, and just not fun at all and it's that, like why the that, hell are uh, they developing toys that meeting room Reminded me of a less smoky meeting room from uh, Mr. Mr. Mom. Mom. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where I, I think that everyone was a lot more. They they almost felt inspired by Josh's enthusiasm. So when he came up with an idea, everyone would be like, "Wow, that's a great idea!" As a po- except for John Hurd, who's an asshole. Yeah. In this movie. And and I think John Hurd in this movie tainted me ever watch like really getting into the movie Home Alone because he played the dad in Home oh. Alone. Oh, <laughs> and it, Home Alone's not like one of my favorite Christmas. I've movies. only seen it once, I think. But um, John Hurd has been great in other things. It was just you know I've gotten over that, but from big to Home Alone, I always remembered him as the jerk and in. <laughs> This. He's in Beaches, which is an important movie to me, which we'll never talk about. Beaches? Yes. With Bette Midler and Barbara Hershey and John Hurd. We'll never talk I about appreci- it. I appreciate that. I don't want you anyway. to, I don't want I don't want to hear your opinions of it. I want to keep it for not myself. Really. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure how you're gonna Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's a huge character in that, so I, re- I And really that's kinda remember. where do, that's kinda I where I think movie. of that's how I think a John Hurd is really more from beaches than anything else. Mm. But also big. Yeah. He's such a butt um, face in this movie. <laughs> yeah. We digress. But anyway, yes, the, the playfulness that is required to understand making a toy for a child versus looking at numbers and reports and all this shit like, ooh, this toy would be great here because of X, Y, and Z number. And... uh the boss, Mr. McMillan, played by 
beautifully by Robert Loggia. He was like, this is fucking stupid. That, you know, people want to have fun, you know, and that's what this is all about. So when he meets Josh, you know, he kind of sees like an like a spark of light, you know, and then when he runs into him in the toy store and we have the famous piano uh-huh. scene. Love it. That, you know, I we, we had like a small keyboard. Do you remember like yeah. having our small keyboard and playing chopsticks? Yeah. On that. Yep. And, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, I would say like 75 to 95% because of this movie. Um, we probably had that and we're playing that. The whole time you're watching it, you're like, all these ideas that everyone else is having, like, that is the stupidest fucking idea ever. And having, a, you know, me having a kid, I'm sitting there like, yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> it, Who cares about your stupid numbers? That's not fun. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about it now. And, and of course, you know, the, the fanciness of work culture has definitely changed over the years. I mean, I don't know anyone that's, that goes to work in a three-piece suit. I don't know any of, you know, I think that's kind of an old adage of the 80s. I think that's really gone. Maybe it stuck around for a little bit in the 90s and maybe in the 2000s, but the work world is very, very different in general nowadays. But You I, definitely would not be wearing that if you worked at a toy company, I don't think. I mean, no. regardless of what department you were in, I mean, I would think that nowadays, if you worked in a toy company, there it's way more laid back because well, they they understand the fun aspect of working in a toy company well, and not the profit aspect. Yeah. <laughs> I think in addition to working at like a toy company, I think an even more common career nowadays would be like um gamer gaming software. Like yeah. we we know a couple <clears throat> of people that do that help develop games and they don't act like these stuffy grown-ups. I mean, they're they're no. they're adults, but they don't act like this at all. They're a lot more fun and have a lot. Well, more, and I know. think, I think also, um, a lot of the people in the gaming industry came also. You know, they're in the industry a lot because they also played games. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're playing with anything, whether it's a you know physical toy or a video game or whatever. You have to kind of go into like a different, like more open-minded, kind of playful, fun mm. mindset. And if you could carry that into your job, hooray, yeah. <laughs> you know. And sometimes certain jobs require that you have that mindset, you yeah. know. Or else, why are you even there? Are you even going to understand what you're making? I mean, what is, what is the purpose of us being here? If we're just selling, are we selling plastic or are we selling, you know, an experience for kids? And yeah. that's what McMillan really wanted to do was he wanted to, you know, he started the company knowing that it was about kids having fun. Yeah. So, so I wanted to just, I mean, we like I said, we both, I think we both really like this movie a lot. Like I said, I remember putting it on as like a feel good movie back in the day. Like, like I said, I've easily watched this movie at least 20 something times, probably more than that in my life. And I think it might be easier to just talk about a few of the scenes that we both really like or that, that we like. Um, I want to highlight, you already mentioned the toy store. I mean, iconic. I mean, it's what's on the cover of the movie. I mean, it's so awesome. I love the party when he comes in in his crazy white 70s inspired tuxedo sequined just tuxedo yeah but specifically the baby corn scene yeah oh yeah i mean who doesn't love you know watching them eat the baby corn everything in that scene when he walks in from 
checking his fly to <laughs> picking up the celery with the with the dip on already mm-hmm. on it and him licking out the dip and then put, hiding the celery in the plant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, clearly it's like he is a child, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was I've been thinking about it all day though and I'm trying I I thought it I was going to say the piano scene at FAO Schwartz was my favorite scene, but I think I've changed my mind and I think it's the trampoline. Oh, yeah. The trampoline is just, it's just, I love how he has got to, like, slowly convince her. And she's like, okay, whatever. And how he, like, drags her up. And I remember thinking Mm -hmm. it was so funny how she just looks all. But, and then she's like, okay, whatever. Okay, I jumped, whatever. He's like, no, come on. Get some air in there. We got to jump. I'll do it with you. No, all she wants is a drink and and to get down. She but it, to, but it's like in that moment she was finally kind of tapping back into what being a kid was like for her. And I think for her, her journey with Josh was just like experiencing someone with that that joy in their life again and the fun. Yeah. yeah. Little did she know it was because he hadn't had a all the hard years of being a teenager and a young adult and in his thirties yeah. already. But I would say the party and trampoline scene are high up there for me as far as, like, fun, kind of nice scenes to, to watch. Um, the scene in the meeting is pretty, is pretty great. Um, but I think one of the most, like... Like, if you were looking at this from, like, a dramatic point of view, like, one of the most, like, dramatic scenes is when he goes to the hotel... Like, he's just changed. He's going to New York. (laughs) I don't, I seriously, I seriously do not understand. I mean, hey, we need to have a plot to a movie. And what's more fun than shooting something in New York, I guess. Um, But why does he have to go to New York City to stay? Like, why can't he just... Well, go somewhere else in New Jersey and hide well, out. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like they were really right across the bridge. I mean, it looks like New York was just, you know, a bridge right away. So for him to hide, like, where else was he going to go? And and I guess they, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to assume Billy had thought this through. Billy yeah, probably Billy. thought this through and thought, you know, we'll just hide you in New York. And And if Billy was going there after school every day, I mean, it wasn't that far away it was just a you know a bus ride but yeah i'm not even i'm not even talking about distance but why new york he could have gone anywhere else in new jersey i mean but yeah i don't who knows maybe maybe people want to get out of new jersey that bad i don't know um see it's a good or or, but you make a good point though it's a good place to hide because there's so many people there so yeah but it, it just that scene though when he first gets into the hotel and he's basically just freaked the fuck out and <laughs> but he gets used to it he gets a, he gets a pack of oreos starts licking out the frosting while he's watching billy idol on mtv and he's hearing shooting it out the window and it doesn't even phase him anymore yeah yeah he's I, up, see this okay this is actually something else i want to talk about i think what's great about this movie too again watching it as an adult looking back is seeing how adaptable kids are because here he is this 13 year old trans you know mm-hmm. you know wakes up in a grown up's body 
And he's got to figure out what the hell he's going to do until those six weeks are up for him to go get another Zoltar machine wish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was able to quickly adapt. You know, we're talk- we've talked so much this year about all the things we've had to adapt to and the resilience probably of children more than anybody. Like, kids are really, really resilient. And I feel like this movie kind of is an example of just how quickly someone, especially when they're younger and don't have so many years of patterns and habits that they are too you know too hard to break maybe he can just go with it you know it's like he was able to just kind of kind of adapt to his new world and it was well, only he, he kind of had to though because it well, was yeah, his do, but fault <laughs> no no i'm i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm not saying like it wasn't his fault or anything like that but i'm just saying it could yes, have been a lot kids worse. Are adaptable. And yes, kids, kids, kids are, are adaptable. really adaptable. But I also liked, in terms of like kind of dramatic things, you know, towards the end, when he and Susan are coming up with the comic book idea and the choose your own adventure, you know, when they're in the presentation and he's kind of stumbling in how to explain it. So she steps up and starts explaining it and she says, It's up to the child to make the choice. The child can do this or the child can do that. And I'm like, Ah, you know, here it is. He's got this choice in front of him. Can he stay or does he go back to his life and be back to who he was? And I don't know. I'd never put that together until this time. Well, I think that, you know, it's hard not to like Tom Hanks in this. And I, I would say that this movie is kind of the, like, really kind of one of the bridges to his dramatic. Yeah. You know, you know, him being more of a dramatic actor. I recently, or this week, you know, there's been a lot, there's a lot of movies you and I have watched over the years, and there's this movie that he's in called The Man with One Red Shoe, that we just, like, my wife and I were just, like, scrolling, and it was like, hey, this is on. I've never seen it. Hey, and I was like, you might like this movie, let's watch it, and in rewatch, I was like, eh, it's not that great. Carrie Fisher's in it, and of course, she's amazing, Yeah. you know, no matter what she's in. What service was it um, on? Uh, HBO Max. Okay, I'll look for it. It's on HBO Max. And um, in that movie's kind of a comedy, and he has kind of a serious kind of aspect of it too, but it's still him also having to be funny. And, um, you know, there's a lot of movies that he did that were more comedic, like Money Pit and uh, stuff like that. Joe versus the Volcano, which I finally which, watched. Which so is not bizarre. That funny. It's, not it's that so funny. bizarre. I loved it though. It's so uh, weird. I liked it. I can't get into that movie. But then he, you know, he goes and does something like Philadelphia, you know, yeah. and which is very serious. And um it really kind of brought the range, you know, to see how Tom Hanks Bay Area kid uh was able to kind of show on screen so and well he was nominated and, and, for the oscar for this for big well, there you see because so, i go. mean he he was so great i mean from the second like he's trying to put on his little 12 year old jeans it's like <laughs> yes. duh you need to go get your dad's pair of sweats it's the only outfit that's gonna fit you right now <laughs> you know i just i think all of all the physical comedy that he does that we got used to watching from bosom buddies with him I mean, yeah. that's on full display in this movie, and I just, I think it's so great. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, 
unfortunately it was my of my own doing that you know the watching experience of this was a little not necessarily what I had planned but one of the main things I was doing while you know being interrupted was going back and forth and playing with my son so it was kind of fitting I was like in like this weird time warp of like having to be big and little while watching big (laughs) I had to be playing and watching the movie to do something serious like this, which is not that serious anyway. Um, And I had to go play. So, yeah. So, well, I wasn't, I I, wasn't interrupted. Maybe I felt, maybe, maybe by doing that, I was feeling the internal turmoil that Josh Baskin was feeling when he was trying to decide whether to go back Mm. to being himself or staying with Susan. Yeah. Um, clearly he made the right choice. Well, yeah. I mean, and he didn't want to skip all those years of his life. I mean, how horrible. Well, I he, mean, not that missed, being a teenager is all that great, too. but yeah, he did. He missed every, and like he says, the only reason I have to stay, stay here is for her. No. Well, and then he even suggests like, maybe you can go back with me. And she was like, that no. time was rough. I yeah. don't want to relive it, but you should really, you should live it at least once, I guess. So. Yeah. She's like, call me in 10 years. Hang on to my number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if he became like, what if he like, you know, he's seen the other side of what being an adult is like and this, and like this whole scenario like totally fucks him up. Like what if it messes with his head or he, or, or he like becomes like some weird kind of like antisocial person because now he has a hard time relating to kids his own age because it's like the whole time he's like, you have no idea what's waiting for us on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he has the edge of knowing like what the what the toy makers are thinking when they're working behind the scenes. I love it when he when uh, when Billy comes into his office and he's looking at all the to- toys and he's like, "Whoa, this one's fifty nine ninety five And he's just like, "You know that only costs ten bucks to make," and it's just like, "Yeah." And right now they probably. Um, cut it even smaller by shipping it to China to get made, yeah. and it probably costs like three dollars, yeah. and they charge ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> so, so who's who your fa- so is Tom Hanks your favorite character? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Tom Hanks is my favorite character, and I think after that, um, Ro- I like uh, I like Mac, Mister McMillan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that. Uh, he one of the great things about him is he never really like he he never really gets bothered by how Josh is acting. He doesn't overthink he just, it. And 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 he just thinks it's and he just sees him as like a fun-loving kind of guy. Yeah. And maybe that's how he was and that's why he started a toy company, you know, or took on, you know, the business of a toy company because he even when he puts on the tuxedo, he's just like he sees him, or he sees Josh in the tuxedo. He's just like, that is some tuxedo, and, you know, just go have fun. And the scene after you, you see Josh in the tuxedo, you know, Mac is talking to Susan, and he's like, Susan, why don't you have a drink? This is a party. Yeah, go so relax. you kind of, so you know where he's coming from. He's coming from this idea that, you know, we should be doing something fun. Yes, it's important that we can make money and stay in business, but at the same time, you know, he knows when to have a good time. And he feels like he's, even at the office in those scenes, 
I think he kind of feels out of place. Like he feels like he's like surrounded by people who are too busy looking at numbers yeah. and stuff like that. And um, so I would say Mr. McMillan is my my <laughs> Your next favorite character. I mean, there's a lot like Billy is great and Susan is great and you know I John like, Hurd's uh, a great villain. But yeah, he's I mean, just, they're he's they're like they're fight on they're fight on the tennis court or the yeah. hand, handball court. <laughs> yeah, I also like um, uh, Mrs. Foreman as his uh, yeah uh, as his secretary. Yeah. <laughs> so now the whole movie. Uh, who's the... who, who's your fa- so Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks your favorite character? Tom Hanks. Who would be probably your Billy. I think I think Billy because he's just I I think the fact that he trusted Josh implicitly and didn't didn't give him too hard of a time, just kind of went with it. And then, then he really helped him. I mean, he really was able to kind of get him through that time and, and kind of tried to, you know, really tried to remind him, like, dude, you know, you have a whole yeah. life at home. And um, he was never, like, a snotty brat kind of kid. Like, he was just like, I'm your best friend. What's more important than that? Yeah. I mean, especially at no, that age. Yeah, and I think you're right. And you know, er, you you've made me think about this again. And I think that if Billy doesn't help Josh, Josh yeah, runs Josh? around. Josh runs around in New Jersey somewhere, and gets ID'd. You know, by someone who from the police description of the guy that was in their ha- in in Josh's house. And he gets picked up, and no one believes him, and he gets sent to like the, the loony bin, and no one finds his Zoltar machine. Josh, yeah. you know, it becomes goes a to very jail. different movie. Dark because <laughs> a, a really movie. dark, awful Become, movie. What's that? What's that movie? Um, is it the Prisoner that go that takes place where the where the person gets kidnapped and uh, uh, with Hugh Jackman? Yes. Yeah. That one. I think it's either Prisoner yeah. or Prisoners or something like that. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in that too. Yes. It's really and good. Yeah. It's really twisted. Yeah. Yeah. We, it, it see, gets dark like that. Yeah. So 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 Josh would not have survived without his best friend helping him through all this. That's right. So yeah, Billy, he's great. All right. So, anyways, I just again, it's it's hard not to just kind of say so many great positive things over and over about it, but it really is one of my favorite movies from being 11. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say this and this is not necessarily, um, a cut to Tom Hanks at all. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the reasons why I may not have watched this movie in so long is I really felt like, in the 90s and the early 2000s, I was getting, like, I was getting kind of Tom Hanks burnout. It's all right. I think a lot of people, by you the know, time Castaway not... came along, they were over it because he was in every frame of that movie, and it was a lot. So you're you're allowed to have Tom Hanks fatigue. It's not a problem. Yeah. I mean, I know you're not and, a Forrest Gump person. Great. So <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But he's, I mean, he is great. Um we love Tom Hanks. Yep. Like I remember when he like early on when COVID started, how he got COVID yep. and everyone was like, 
now we got to take this shit seriously because fucking yeah. Tom Hanks yeah. got it. National <laughs> treasure, Tom Hanks. I think they were. I think he and his wife were in Australia when they got sick, and then they had to stay Something there for a long like, yeah. time. And yeah, yeah it's rough. Man. Yeah, but here he is. He's hosting the inauguration this week, so it's all good. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> While there was fantasy-like elements in Big because the Zoltar machine wasn't even plugged in to yeah. make it actually work. Yeah. So there was clearly some magic happening. Of course. Oh, wait. Bef- wait. Before I move on, I wanted to ask you this because I have never seen it, but I have a feeling it's supposed to be kind of like it. But have you ever seen 13 Going on 30 with Jennifer Garner? Which is a similar concept where I feel like I did see it once. Is thirteen and then becomes a thirty year old and then maybe goes to New York and gets involved with like fashion or something. I don't. I've never seen it. I have no idea what it's about. I Other I don't that, remember it very well, so I would just say I'd need to rewatch it to appreciate it. But I would think you Mark say, Ruffalo's in it too. But would you say that it is very similar to Big? From what I understand, yes. It's a, it's almost an identical story. I think hers is a birthday wish. I don't think there's a Zoltar machine involved with her transformation. But I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I so, would, and I'd watch that. I mean, I don't have any Jennifer Gardner issues, so I'd watch that movie. No, nah, she's great. I so <laughs> I was just, I just wanted to see if you had any kind of thoughts on that connection because... I mean, they could remaking this movie would probably be complicated in some ways, unless you changed it a lot. And I think, you know, maybe that movie, considering especially it's like the same age, you know, yeah. he's, you know. I think. Oh, there is a movie I saw over the summer called um, Little, which is the same. Yes, yes, same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, where and and I think like the Freaky Friday movies, like there was one with Jamie Lee Curtis and I believe Lindsay Lohan, their mother daughter, and they switch bodies. Like, yeah, those types of movies. I mean, I feel like they're always fun. I like watching grown up actors act like be kids, be kids. I think it's kind of entertaining, especially when they're really like really decent comedic actors to begin with. It's like, okay, let's see what they're gonna do. Gotcha, gotcha. But let's move on to your fantasy movie that has lots of magic, lots of wizards. Yeah, it is clearly a fantasy yes. movie. So Willow came out in 1988 as well, as Nancy had yes. pointed out earlier, and is directed by Ron Howard, based on a story by George Lucas, mm-hmm. <laughs> who he did, he did this like sci-fi movie like yeah. in space, like where there was fighting and... Yeah. Also wizards, but they were called something else. Like Jedis. Jedi or something. Jedi or something. Anyway, and uh, put out by Lucasfilm. And um, this is the story of Willow Ufgood, played by Warwick Davis, who is a little person. Um, played the lead Ewok, right? Uh, he played Wicket. Wicket, that was his name. Wicket, the Ewok in Return of the Jedi. He was, he was young in that, and he was eighteen in this mm. when he filmed this. It is the story of him trying to save a little baby who, if who supposedly is like 
this special baby that could grow up and destroy the evil Queen Bavmorda in this fantasy world. So it's the and, plot of the Mandalorian. Um, kind of, I guess. You know, they're supposed to take the, the baby to another wizard, you know. I would say it's Mandalorian-ish. And then on the way to uh, take the baby, you know, he feels like he needs to... First, he's he's on a journey just to give the baby to any... Um, Tall they person. Call dike- <laughs> yeah, di- they call them daikinis because, <laughs> you know... They don't want to just call them not little people like other people, tall people. Didn't they say giant too, though? Yeah, he referred to them as giant because Mm -hmm. they were bigger. And the first Daikini they meet is Mad Mardigan, played by Val Kilmer, who is in a cage and is a criminal and being, you know, put to his death, who... They eventually free, and he helps them and becomes, like, a hero. And one of the things about Willow is he is a failed, kind of a failed magician. and But he dreams of being a great sorcerer. So on this journey, he keeps on having opportunities to kind of test his wizard skills. And eventually, you know, kind of fulfills that. And... The two of them take the baby, you know, save the baby, kill the evil queen, and everything's happy in whatever land this is called. And this is a story of, you know, beating the odds, you know, because he's a small person. He is, you know, everyone calls him a peck. Yeah, I don't like that term. He's just a peck. It's like a derogatory term in this movie used towards him. And But it's all about, you know overcoming obstacles and having courage and believing in yourself. I think that's one of the main things that they try to, to show that is important for Willow is that he needs to have self-confidence and believe in himself and trust his instincts and follow his heart and doing the right thing. And he'll be able to do great things, even defeat an evil sorceress. And, um, Val Kilmer's character of Mad Mardigan in this adds a lot of comic relief to this. Although it's there's some funny parts in this anyway. So it's not mo, uh, there's a lot of fantasy that you just don't need to take that seriously. You know, not everything is you know walking into Mordor to save the world and like Lord of the Rings. You know, not mm-hmm. everything is like that. But um, I remember seeing this movie. And really enjoying it. I thought it was just kind of a fun fantasy. I remember parts of it being really kind of scary. Um, particularly, I hated the trolls. I thought the trolls were scary. Especially when and the two-headed thought, thing came up later. I think the trolls themselves actually creeped me oh, out. Scary. Even though they were, even though they were in like terrible, it was like a terrible like costume that they were in. But they still looked pretty creepy. Um, and then the scene that actually like really scared me. I remember was when Bavmorda turned the army into pigs. Like, the makeup and everything in that was... I remember being, like, so freaked out, you know, when I was, like, nine years old when that... Yeah. when seeing that scene. I don't know. It was something that about it that... 
was kind of creepy. But, um... What was it like to be watching? Well, I had an interesting experience watching this, because... Um, I told my son, hey, I have to watch this movie. You can watch it with me if you want, but I'm watching it. So I put it on, and immediately he was like, what is this? And he was so into watching this. That's good. And this, I think, was his first experience with little people. Oh. So. You mean you haven't made him watch Time Bandits yet? Not yet, not yet. That movie might really freak him out in some uh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like when he goes to hell, and when they go to hell and everything. Yeah, that might be bad. But anyway, he was like, hey, he's short. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's a little person. And he had he was like asking me questions and like all kind of into it. And then uh, he was really into like the dogs that the that the army had, the bad army had, the, like, rat dog thing. So he kept calling them rat wolves. Mm. He was like, oh, there's rat wolves in it. Where are the rat wolves coming back? (laughs) He really was into the rat wolves. And then he'd hear hear howling, and he was like, are those the rat wolves? Are they going to be on? I'm like, and he loves animals, so, I mean, it's just what kid doesn't. So he was really into that. And then I started watching it last night. And then he had to go to bed. So I told him, I'm not going to watch any more of it and we'll finish it tomorrow. So we, I stopped it when they got to the island and got Roselle. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the rest of it. So he got to see her like keep changing into animals, mm-hmm. which was great. What, what animal did she start as? She, I th- it wasn't a lemur. And it wasn't a if, possum. No, 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 no. It's some. It's a fancy animal. I've seen it when my son watches Wild Kratts. <laughs> so I know it's, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. But he, she, she was that, then she was the bird, then the goat, and then <clears throat> after the goat, she kind of went through this transformation. The scene when um, he finally does the spell right, and she goes through all the different morphing of all the animals and everything, and then finally becomes a human. That scene has been shown. I've seen it in documentaries mm. about computer generated effects oh. because that was a very like that mo- whole morphing thing was all done in a computer, kind of like kind of like how remember Michael Jackson's black and white video, yeah, and like yeah. all the faces morphing. It was very early on in this whole morphing computer graphic mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I remember seeing that in documentaries about, like they would use that scene from Willow. Um, and then, so we watched it this morning and he got kind of freaked out at the pig scene. He was really excited about the two headed dragon monster, but he didn't like the trolls. So, so I have, so I've now been justified in not liking troll, the trolls, <laughs> Or the pigs morphing. He started getting kind of creeped out. And I was like, it's all fake. It's all costumes. It'll be it'll be fine. It's all makeup. I know it looks kind of tense. The queen is bad, you know. But he got really freaked out when Roselle and Bathmorda are fighting in the in the like the room where they're doing where uh is trying to get rid of um the baby. And Roselle kind of knocks her out and she's just kind of laying there and Roselle's like poking her with her wand and then she moves Bavmorda's cape off of her face and then Bavmorda just does like this whole like blah kind of like 
surprise thing, and that freaked him the fuck out. Mm. Um, and I just explained, oh, don't worry, it's all gonna end up good, I've seen this before, just move with it. And, he, and then he really ended up liking the, you know, the movie. And I'm surprised. I don't surprised. know if he will watch it again, because there, there is some freaky-ass shit in this movie, um, if you're, like, five. You know, as you get older, maybe it's not as bad, but... But yeah, he he enjoyed watching it, which made it more enjoyable for me. I've actually been kind of thinking about rewatching this movie mm. because they announced they're gonna make a TV show, a okay. Disney Plus TV show about it, and Warwick Davis is going to reprise his role of as Willow, mm. which I thought was cool. He'd be a grandpa I by have now. No, <laughs> well, and I have no idea, like where they're going to go with it. I mean, they could make it like he's trying to save, um, you know, the baby's going to be grown up. Alora Dannon, that's her name. She's going to be grown up maybe, and he's trying to help her. Um, I really hope that if they do do it, they somehow can get Val Kilmer to be in it. Mm -hmm. He's had some major health problems Mm -hmm. the last few years, so I don't know if he would even want to act in it or anything. Mm -hmm. If they could somehow get him as being, even if he's just like a retired, you know, knight and not fighting anymore or Mm -hmm. something like that or something to get Mad Mardigan into this because really the standout characters in this movie are Willow and Mad Mardigan. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know. So it was fun kind of, kind of rewatching. I know fantasy is not for everybody. Yeah. Like I was, my wife tried to watch it with us and she was just like, I am not really into this. Can you just explain it to me? And I was just like, yeah, I'll explain it to you. It's not a big deal. Fantasy is, is hard. When it was done, I was like, Nancy is going to put this in the boring category. Mm, (laughs) I I wouldn't say it was boring, but it's too long. It's two hours and 10 minutes. And I could have been an hour and a half. Yes, it could have easily been because an hour and a half. all I of totally the action scenes just go on way too long. I mean, I get it; they wanted to do all these cool sets and they wanted to do all these different things, but I mean, it it could have been a half hour shorter minimum, and it would have kept my attention better. I think knowing that it was so long, I was having a hard time getting through the movie. I kept stopping and starting it, and it it was rough but i did notice you didn't there's one actor you didn't mention it was billy barty who i was like hey mm-hmm. he was in, he foul, was in foul play, play. we yeah. saw him earlier this year <clears throat> no um, the, the, the and i knew the, and i recognized the few scenes the few scenes that sherry saw she was like that guy looks really familiar and i was like he was in foul play he was i, the, the I recognized him because of the like he was doing something with his eyes. Like he was like squinting one eye really, yeah. really tight and making big, you know, opening his other eye really big. I was like, wait, I've seen, I've seen that eyeball work before, and and then I had to look it up. I was like, yep, I was right. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm not gonna watch this movie again. That's that's my uh, feeling. I on didn't Willow. expect you ever to. Um, I and it and it is too long for me. But I mean. Warwick Davis is great. He's my favorite character. He's really, really good. And again, I had heard on another show that a pod, another podcast I listened to, comparing this movie to Mandalorian. So I've had that in my head for about a month and a half, and it mm. became obvious from the first twenty minutes. Like, oh, okay, there you go. 
there's this, a child and <laughs> yeah this like quest and so it's kind of just he stumbles upon it too it's not something he was looking for or whatever um, right. but then it becomes so central to what he's doing um, but I mean I, I'm, I'm glad to say I finally watched I would, it I would say the Mandalorian is better though right uh, absolutely <laughs> and the kid I in the Mandalorian is a lot cuter than this little gingy baby uh, what? No, that, was baby, one of, that was one. That was one of my son's favorite parts. Every yeah, time the baby the was on screen, he'd be like, "Look at the cute little baby." She's cute. <laughs> she's she's cute for sure. Um, but Baby Yoda is a lot cuter. Come on. Me and Grogu. Baby Yoda. Um, anyways. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not mad that you picked this movie or anything like that. I did like the coincidence that they both came, that both Big and Willow came out like within a week of each other, and they were both competing for Memorial Day weekend box office stuff. But yeah, I wish, I just wish that it could have been shorter. You know, I think that that is. Maybe that is kind of the crux that some fantasy movies kind of fall into. Because you, you felt the same... You felt like Dragon Slayer was probably way too long, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Dragon Slayer yes. could have been like a, like a little shorter. Yes. Um, I mean, even Beastmaster. I don't know how long Beastmaster is, but there's definitely room to trim Beastmaster. But I, I don't feel compelled to fast forward through Beastmaster or get too impatient because we watched that movie so many times as kids. But so... Let me ask you this then, since I've kind of brought it up earlier, do you think the Lord of the Rings movies are too long? Because those are all like three hours each, and they they're taking, they're trying to put, they've even cut parts of that out to where they have four and a half hour versions of those movies. I mean, it's insane. Well, it's so much stuff. I've never rewatched them. I've only seen them the first time I saw them, and that was it. And you're like, I never need to see these. Well, I mean, again. I I appreciate how impressive they are, and I appreciate how good they're. And and the story is a really adult, mature story. It's not absolutely. It's not absolutely. you know, on a more basic juvenile level. Like I mean, Willow is a pretty simple story. My my son was able to watch. Yeah, it's it. a, it's a kids movie. Um, Lord of the Rings is a lot more complex, but. I'm not that person that sets aside 20 hours at Christmas time to watch all the Lord of the Ring movies back to back to back. Like it's, that's never been my thing. You know, I'm more like the fantasy I like more is like Harry Potter. That's more my speed, but that's also like YA. That's more like a young adult speed. It's also, it also kind of is more contemporary. It's contemporary. It's, It's, and it's magic. Like it's more, it's, you know, and the main characters, they're, they're all humans. It's not like there's necessarily yeah. lots of creatures, per se, the way that there are in all these other movies. Uh, where I don't know. There's some creatures. Oh, well, there are creatures, but, I mean, the main characters are all humans. So, it, But, much, yeah. I, in general, fantasy is not my top genre. So I think, I think that you, you're, you're definitely not alone in that. And I think probably fantasy might be one of those just really hard genres, not, you know, to really kind of sell, you know? Could be. Because, I mean, you don't, especially nowadays, like, you don't see a lot of fantasy movies getting made. I think it was... No. Like, there was a, there was probably a time period 
where fantasy movies were probably being made a lot more often and over time like that has just kind of gone away I think the I think and maybe and maybe Lord of the Rings and and the Hobbit movies were like okay yeah we've the bar has been set so high we're just never doing that again. I think the source material for a lot of current fantasy movies are like the video game movies. That or they go or uh, which I know, don't I watch. They're, they're, I don't watch any of those. Or maybe like like a lot of anime or something like that. I don't know. I mean yeah. it's. I don't seek out the genre, though. Well, and maybe it's going into a different medium. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like, budgets are going to be higher. you got all these costumes and... Yeah. You know, people might just rather spend the time on a period piece. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think think source material for more of the fantasy that comes out now is video games. I'm going to feel confident in that statement. We say that though, but we're totally. We I just remembered like probably the one of the biggest fantasy things that happened in the last ten years is Game of Thrones, which is like huge fantasy. And you were into that, but that, but here you go. It's a TV it was show. an hour. It's it was a TV an hour. Show. You know, and you could and it, within that hour time, you could easily dedicate that time to it. Well, and it wasn't just fantasy; it was also. Um, a political show. It was, I mean, there was a lot more to it. It wasn't right. just dragons. And it was adult. And it was adult. It was yeah. very adult. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones is certainly an exception to that, for sure. Yeah. I, um, it's funny, whenever I thought about Val Kilmer for a while, I always thought of Mad Mardigan. <laughs> really? It was always, it was like, well, like, it, until he probably did The Doors, and then it was like, oh, yeah. Because like, I remember, like, when watching The Doors, it was like, oh, it's Mad Mardigan. And not thinking about Iceman, <laughs> you, you know, in Top Gun, which is, or, or his character in Top Secret, which were the other movies yeah. that we had probably seen him in before The Doors. I was um, making Iceman jokes today. Um, what is your favorite scene in this movie? Um... I mean, I, I like the beginning when they're in their village because it reminds me of a Renaissance fair. Uh, it has yeah. a little Ren fair vibe to it. Um, I This sounds silly to say this is a scene that I like for any real particular reason, but when they're sledding on the snow, in the snow, I mean, more because it just reminds me of us being kids. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then, of, oh, and then of course, as I'm, as I'm watching that, I'm making better off dead jokes the whole time I'm watching oh, that scene. Yeah. Like he's only got one sled. <laughs> and then when Mad Mardigan falls off and he's tumbling down, I kept saying two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I was making better off dead jokes while I was watching That's great. the the K twelve scene that was happening in uh, Willow. But I do like the the little village scene at the beginning. Um, I, I I was definitely getting lost towards the last half hour as I was just getting yeah. burnt out watching it and the fighting with the uh, the army and then the between the two witches and just like yeah. okay when's it gonna end? <laughs> but. I really um, the other thing about this movie that I like is I really like like the costumes and the sets and like the look mm. of this movie. I enjoyed that a lot. Particularly one character, um, General Kale, like the main like uh, art like leader of the bad army, who has the skull mask, 
Mm-hmm. I remember just loving that skull mask and like thinking like that mask was like the coolest thing. And that guy that plays him is the German officer that Indiana Jones has a fist fight with in front of the plane in Raiders mm. of the Lost Ark, who then gets chopped up by the by the plane blade. Oof. Oh, um, okay. I was like, oh, wow. Probably my favorite scene in this movie is the fight at Tyrus Lean when Mad Mardigan is kind of like a one-man army taking on the whole Bad, uh, Bad Morda's army. How far and into the movie was that? Uh, second half of the movie, and it's when he puts on the armor, and it's when the two-headed dragon thing comes oh, okay. up. That whole scene, that whole battle and everything like that is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, it's got, like, fun-loving music, and, and you know, you've got... A, there's a lot going on. I don't know. It was just yeah. kind of... That's my favorite scene. Um, and then overall, I think, you know, just to kind of wind things up, the because I had this this rewatch experience with my son, I think it it gave me a whole another point of view to this movie. And mm. I will I watch it again if he wants to watch it. I'll watch it again. And I'll and if the when the show starts, if and when the show starts, if it's I'll probably watch it again. I who knows? I if it's going on Disney Plus, the odds are it will be somewhat good for him Mm. especially if it's a fantasy and i have a feeling they'll make it we'll see i don't think you're gonna have game of thrones level um adult (laughs) adult uh content but um as long as it's not too scary i think that's the thing that he doesn't like that's the thing he doesn't like about harry potter he doesn't he thinks harry potter is dark and kind of scary i mean and harry potter is you know it's, it's the way it's made is dark yeah um even the fun scenes are kind of done in a kind of a England doomy gloomy kind of kind of look so mm-hmm. anyway but uh I'm, I'm glad that you watched it mm-hmm. I know it's not your cup of tea no, anything fantasy I toss to you is going to be kind of a challenge I don't I mean I actually as I probably like sci-fi and fantasy you know so much that you know, I just like the creativity of it so much, so... I think they're different. I think sci-fi is different from fantasy. No, I would agree that sci-fi and fantasy are very different. Yeah. Um, but there's something about the creativity and the artistry that really kind of appeals to me. I yeah. mean, um, and there's been... I've been kind of on like a sci-fi fantasy art kick, like looking at different artists who do fantasy oh. art um, and kind of like really realizing that like some of my, some of the art that I really like, kind of some of the roots of me liking it comes from fantasy art. So I've been looking at a That's lot cool. of that and um, I it think- makes me, it makes me want to kind of look at the genre and see like maybe I want to watch more of it or not mm-hmm. um and see where some of those look at it more from where do some of those pitfalls kind of like are they too long are there fight scenes that are too long is there a pacing problem mm-hmm. stuff like that um because like I don't have a problem watching Dragon Slayer I didn't have any problems with this movie being boring 
So maybe it's just I didn't you know, say it was what floats your it, it's what maybe it's just what floats your boat. Didn't you, you didn't you say I, Dragon Slayer was boring? Oh no, I, Dragon Slayer is boring for sure. <laughs> um, but but I wouldn't say Willow is boring. I would just say it's too long. I mean, there's a difference. I mean, you can you can still appreciate what it's doing, and um, yeah, acknowledge that it's too long. Um, yeah. I think what you're saying about what you're appreciating with fantasy is like the kind of stuff that I appreciate with historical dramas, like with costumes and like there's certain aesthetics that yeah, you can really yeah, the appreciate. Creativity. And there's creativity, and I mean that's one of the things that I've thought was so impressive about things like Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, having to like, you know, even though there was a lot of computer generated effects, you know. In older fantasy movies, you didn't have that. You had to yeah. like get a lot of extras, full and put them in a bunch of costumes and stuff. You couldn't just all of a sudden have a few thousand soldiers on a field or giant elephants yeah. <laughs> like they do in Lord of the Rings. So, but um, but again, I appreciate you watching mm-hmm. it, and no and problem. you know, um, I might. You know, now that you've established a rating system, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to rate it, but would you say this is like a, like, this is probably a lower half movie for you? Yeah, Whereas like it's, big, it's a 2.5. Big, big is clearly like a 4 to 4.5. Now, are you rating these as you watch them now? I'm not jotting down my rating, but I'm thinking about it more. Um, so today... You know, big is like a four or four and a half for me. I mean, I've watched it so many times. Clearly. It's so great. Um, but this is, it falls below three. My criteria for a three means it has to be something I'd want to watch again. So mm. it's probably two and a half. I don't two think I... Two to two and a half. Yeah. I don't think I'd necessarily give it a two, but I, it, it, it doesn't get more than two and a half. And it's in a, I'm not interested in rewatching it category. Well, but but there's a lot I understand that's good about it. Like I, I appreciate a lot of things about it, but at the same time, one and done. There you go. Well, everybody, that is our take on Big and Willow. Yeah. Uh, we both appreciate you listening. We hope that uh, if you have any thoughts on these movies, leave us comments or tell us what you do and do not like about yeah. them. Did you see them um, in the theater in 1988? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you saw them both, you probably saw them very quickly. Yeah. Uh, again, follow us, rate us. We love you, so <laughs> you know, show share some show some love. Yeah, thanks, listeners. And uh, again, my name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. This has been fighting over the VCR. Thank you very much. <laughs>